Turn in the scriptures this morning to the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, and 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Say that out loud with me. Fight the good fight of faith. Again, fight the good fight of faith. He went on to say, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you're also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. So there is a fight to be fought. It's not a fist fight. It's a faith fight. There is spiritual conflict and warfare occurring. There's all kind of ideas about what this spiritual warfare is and how it is waged. And not all of those ideas are right. What does the word say? We've been on this for some weeks now. If you haven't been with us, this is your first time, then you're, you're coming in uh, as we're already into the series. But the previous messages are available to you at no charge. Go online, download them for free. If you're in the buildings here, you can go to the Word Supply and get a CD. It won't cost you anything. Around here we have a saying, no charge means no excuse, no excuse for not knowing it, not having it, not getting it. But we've taught, we've looked and seen how that Jesus demonstrated fighting this good faith fight. Paul talked about it. And I want us to go to 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and look again at how this warfare is waged. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says this. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not a flesh fight. It's not a fist fight. It's a faith fight. And it's a spirit fight. Now when you say spirit, a lot of times people's minds run off on a tangent and they don't really, it's just unreal to them. Spirit is not real to them. It's, to them, spirit's almost like saying imaginary. But God is spirit. Is he imaginary? And you are spirit. You're sitting right there right now. Looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. The body is not you. It's the house you live in. And when that body dies, you will live on. You will slip out. What death is not termination Death is transition. Death is not the end. Death is departure. It's just like this earth is just like one big airline terminal with arrivals and departures. That's right. Many thousands upon thousands are arriving today to planet earth. What are these arrivals called? Births, births, and uh, just uh, about every, a little over a second, two people depart somewhere on the planet. Two more. (laughs) 
two more. Two more. In a few days, me and you are going to depart out of here. Now, to the believer, that should not be frightening. It should be exciting. Right? Because the scripture said to depart and be with Christ is far better than being here. The nicest place you can find down here is like a garbage can compared to heaven. Do you believe that? (laughs) No, no, no. Don't be afraid of dying. If you're a believer. Big if. If you're a believer. If you're not, be afraid. Be very afraid. (laughs) Or (laughs) get saved. (laughs) It is scary business. It it is. It's no joke. 2 Corinthians 10.3 Though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. Keep reading. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, we've read in Ephesians 6. We're going to read there some more before this series is over, I believe. The armor of God. Right? The uh, breastplate of righteousness. The loins girt with truth. The Uh, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, sword of the spirit. We have weapons, defensive and offensive, but they're not natural. And these descriptions that he gives, breastplate, helmet, shield, don't get hung up on physical shield or physical breastplate. They're spiritual. They're not natural, but they are real and they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, many have just stopped right there and imagined strongholds in the heavenlies and focused on that, but that's not what this passage is talking about. Read the very next phrase. What are the strongholds he's talking about? strongholds in the mind. Not in the heavenlies. In the mind. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now this is one of the best descriptions of spiritual warfare you will ever read. You will ever hear right here. And if you get away from this, you're going to get off. This is spiritual warfare. And the biggest battleground is the mind. Somebody says, well, I thought it was over souls. It is. I thought it was over the God of this world, uh, rulers of darkness of this world, you know, keeping mankind in darkness. It is. But how do they do it? How do they do it? They do it through lies and deceptions that are contrary to the truth and knowledge of God's Word. And if you don't deal with that, you will be in captivity too. What are you supposed to do with things that contradict the truth of God's Word? Cast them down. And bring into captivity every thought. I know 
from some small experience, most Christians do not, they're not aware of this. They don't endeavor to live like this. Bringing every thought captive, examining every thought. People think, oh, you can't even do that. Yeah, you can. Apparently the Lord thought we could. Knew he could. He told us to. You know, I I was ministering to a, a lady one time some years ago. She'd been in and out of mental institutions and had a lot of problems. And uh, the Lord impressed me to, to share with her the scripture in Joshua 1, where the Lord told him, this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written there. And I began to say that to her, and she just interrupted me. She said, you can't do that. You can't meditate on the word of God day and night. Now she just said what a lot of people thought. Yes. Right. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I, didn't, I didn't think it up. It just came right up out of my spirit. I said, sister, it's not a matter of whether you can think on something day and night. You're already thinking on something day and night. It's a matter of what you think on. What you think on. And, and, and I didn't mean to say it, just, it came right out of me. I said, it's obvious you've been thinking on the wrong thing. Well, you don't wind up in the mental institution keeping your mind straight on the Lord. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And if you say, well, I can't help but think on it, that is a lie. That's just simply not true. So I want you to say it out loud, everybody. My mind mind is my mind. mind. I can think on on what I choose to think on. I I don't have to think on anything I don't want to think on. My mind is my mind. The devil can't make you think on what you don't want to. The problem is choosing to think on stuff that you know you shouldn't be. That'll get you in trouble. And that's how battles are lost. Let's read spiritual warfare description again. Verse 5. How do you do it? How do you do it? There are thoughts and feelings that are absolutely deadly. Deadly. You ought to treat them like a rattlesnake in your house. Did you hear me? When that thought comes to you, that feeling comes to you, you better grab it and you better slam it down. Or elsewise you're, you're in trouble. Thoughts, imaginations, they come with feelings. They're real and they're spiritual. But they're not God when they contradict what God said. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now go with me to Ephesians 6, please. Let's talk further about how we wage this warfare. Ephesians 6 and verse 10, I'm reading in the Amplified. Ephesians 6, 10, Amplified says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. Put on God's whole armor. The armor of a heavily armed soldier, which God supplies. (laughs) Where'd you get your armor? (laughs) It is GI. 
God issued equipment. <laughs> God issued. Put on God's whole armor that you may be able successfully to stand up against the power of the devil. Are y'all reading? See, most people think that's what it says. And most people focus on that, but that's not what it says. It's not the power of the devil we ought to be concerned about. Because he's been stripped. I said he's been defeated. He's been stripped. He's been brought to naught. The Bible said he used to have the power of death. Hallelujah. Till Jesus got through with him. But what he still does have is the tools and weapons of lies and deception, and they are all too effective to the point that he is ruling this world through darkness and deception. Second Corinthians 4 calls the devil the God of this world, who's blinded the minds of them that believe not. How many people don't believe on this planet today? Don't believe in Jesus. Don't believe in the Bible. Don't believe in salvation. Millions. Millions. Well, they're in captivity. And how are they in captivity? They don't know they're in captivity. They're deceived. What are we supposed to stand up against? The wiles of the devil. The Amplified says the strategies and the deceits of the devil. If you read this passage, it just keeps talking about that you may be able to stand against and having done all to stand and withstand. This is describing resisting these tricks and deceits and lies, which is another way of saying casting down imaginations and bringing into captivity every thought. The main way we fight the good fight and and, and wage the spiritual warfare is by resisting everything that contradicts the truth. And we need to be on our watch about it. Because it is an ever-present danger. Go with me, please, to the book of 1 Peter, 5th chapter. 1 Peter 5 and 8. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, What's the opposite of being sober? Drunk. (laughs) Be vigilant. What's the opposite of being vigilant? Negligent. Why? Well, uh, other translations say, God's Word translation says, keep your mind clear and be alert. The Good News translation says, be alert and be on the watch. Why? We need to know the enemy's coming. People say, well, Brother Keith, I I don't like talking about that. I just don't like thinking about that. (laughs) Well, that's exactly what we're talking about. People want to live in a dream world. And it sounds good. People think, well, I I just, why can't we just all get along? (laughs) I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. I I just want everybody... To get along. And so does God. 
But if you say, well, I, we're going to lay our weapons down and we're just going to love everybody and we just go, yeah, and you're going to be learning a new language in just a few weeks. Yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. Because that's not the world we live in. No, sir. We have enemies. And these enemies, you cannot talk enough talk to work it out with them. I don't care how good a case you make. I don't care how compliant you may be. They'll be satisfied when you are dead. Period. Period. You may think, well, no, no, just let me talk to them. No. <laughs> they will kill you. <laughs> no, there, there is not a solution, a peaceful solution to every situation. I know you wish there was, but down here there's not because people have a free will and are not going to do what God tells them to do and can do whatever they choose to do. So evil exists. And, (laughs) somebody's still thinking about that part. The Bible tells us concerning our spiritual enemy, watch out for him. Somebody say, be alert. alert. Keep your mind clear. clear. Be on the watch. watch. For what? What what are you supposed to be on the watch for? Keep reading. Verse 8. Because... Your opponent, the devil, this is Young's literal translation, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may swallow up. That's what that word devour means. Swallow up. Now the same word is used in the New Testament describing being swallowed up in grief. It also is used to describe drowning. Which is being immersed completely covered in water and going down and not coming back up. So devour leaves a little bit different. Uh, you, you should think swallowed up is probably more accurate. Swallowed up or completely immersed in it. This describes living in darkness Which is living in deception. Being swallowed up in a false state. We don't just live in Branson. We live in our perception of reality. You live in here. Not just out here. You live in your heart. You live in your mind. So where you're living right now. You are living in your perception of reality. Well, you can believe anything you choose to believe. It doesn't have to be true. And what you choose to believe determines what reality you live in. If you believe lies and deception, you will live in darkness which is bondage and death. But if you believe the truth, then you're actually living in reality. God is real. The truth is real. The Word is truth. And Jesus is real. 
There are millions of people on this planet that don't believe God exists. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in the resurrection. They don't believe in a heaven or a hell or an eternity or a spirit. So what world are they living in? They're living in a dream world. They're living in a fantasy world. And that's what the world, the Bible calls the devil the god of this world, which is the god of darkness, that he is selling to, the, to anybody he can a life of fantasy. What you see on the billboards, the advertisements, what you see on the TV, what you read in the magazines, the glamorous, glossy pictures with the alcohol and the drugs and the attractive people. That's not real. No, it's not. No, sir. I've, I've had young married couples trying to counsel them. And one of them said, well, let's, they don't treat me like so-and-so. And I said, who's that? And the other person said, it's this character on this show they watch. <laughs> Their spouse doesn't treat them like that. How many understand that person is not that way either? They're an actor. <laughs> They're pretending and then the director says, cut. And they go to their trailer where they talk to their lawyer about their sixth divorce. And they're unhappy. A lot of them suicidal. They are not the image they're portraying. But you got millions of people wanting to be that when they're not that. It's a fantasy. It's a dream. And it's a lie. Yes, it is. It's a false dream. Beware of looking at something and envying something and wanting to be like something and you don't even know what it's like. You don't know them. You don't know what their life is. (laughs) It's easy to think that something you know nothing about is better than what you know about. You're not comparing apples to apples. You know about all your issues. You don't know any about theirs. And I assure you, they have some. If you dealt with their issues for a couple of weeks, you might be so glad to get back to your issues. But you can imagine it's all perfect and wonderful over there. The proverbial grass being greener on the other side. A lot of times you get there and realize there ain't even no grass there. It was a mirage. (laughs) Which is what the devil specializes in. It was, what's another word for mirage? Imagination. Oh friend, we need to continually be asking ourselves a question. When something comes up, don't just bite things and swallow things. Ask yourself continually, is this true? Is this true? Somebody's telling you something. Somebody's showing you something. The enemy's trying to deal with you, show you something, whether you realize it's him at the moment or not. Is this true? And then secondly, how do I know it's true? Don't just assume something's true. How do I know it's true? And then as we said before, what else is true? Those will make more sense to you as we go along. What did he say? 
The Weiss translation says it like this, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be of a sober mind. Be watchful. Your adversary, who is a slanderer, namely the devil, as a lion roaring in fierce hunger, is constantly walking about, always seeking someone to be devouring. Stand immovable against his onset, solid as a rock in your faith. Don't you like that? We should be constantly on the watch about being duped, about being fooled, about being deceived. And if you think, oh, I'm I'm too sharp for that, (laughs) you're prime pickings for the enemy. The only way you're not going to be duped on something is by the grace of God bringing the word of the Lord to your remembrance and helping you to compare it with the light so that you know what is lies and you know what is true. Do not assume that what you see, didn't Jesus say, don't judge according to appearances. Say it out loud, judge not according to appearances. Well, then how are you going to judge? He said, judge right judgment. How are you going to judge right judgment? We should rely completely on the Holy Spirit and on the written Word of God. Examining every thought, examining every feeling. Just because you feel something and you feel strong about it doesn't mean you got a right to feel that way. (laughs) Well, I just feel so strongly about it. Well, you can be so wrong. (laughs) Okay. Luke 15, would you go there, please? I tell you what, you, you just go to 1 John 4, and I'll read Luke to you. You head to 1 John 4. You remember the story of the prodigal son? Yeah. Who uh, said, asked the father, you know, why do I have to wait till you die? <laughs> I want my inheritance now. <laughs> and the father didn't say, boy, don't you bring that up to me again. You'll get it in due time. No, no, he gave it. To him and he gave it to them. He gave it to both boys. But the younger son. He withdrew his. Out of the bank. And he went. To Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) And he partied. He blew money. Like it was water. And he had. Party buddies. and, And party friends. Until the money ran out. And when the money ran out. And the friends ran out. And everybody else left. And, and he got hungry. And he had to go find some kind of job. And the only job he could find. Was feeding pigs. Which is pretty low for a Jewish boy. <laughs> and he was so hungry. He hadn't got paid yet I guess. He's slopping the hogs. And he's looking in the trough and goes, you know, that's a pretty good looking piece of cornbread in there. That's pretty good. He's tempted to eat some of the stuff that's in the pig trough. That's how low he has gotten. How many of those sin will bring you low? Now, do you think he pictured himself at the pig trough when he left home for Vegas? No. He had a, what, what kind of idea did he have in his mind? He's going to be the man, right? He's going to be the man. 
You talk about fun. He's going to have fun. But it didn't turn out like that. What happened? Verse 17. What happened? When did his turnaround came? When he came to himself. And he said, my daddy's got all kind of people that work for him that live good. Got plenty of food. Here I'm out here starving. I'm going to repent. I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to ask him, could he just put me on as a hired hand? I want you to notice, this is when his life turned around. When he came to himself. Well, where was he before he came to himself? Where was he? He wasn't in his right mind. He wasn't thinking right. He was believing a lie. He had a fantasy imagination of how he was going to live and what he was going to do. Maybe he imagined all these people were his friends, but they never were. He might have felt so bad when they all left, like all my friends left me. No, honey, you didn't have any friends. (laughs) You shouldn't feel bad about losing them. You never had them. But he had this idea. But it's not like the devil's going to paint it for you. It's not going to be like that. At all. It's one big lie. You can't find truth anywhere else except in Jesus. He is the truth. His word is the truth. His spirit is the spirit of truth. And you shall know the truth. Free from what? Free from the captivity of deception. Free from the bondage of lies and darkness. There are millions of people on this planet living in an altered reality, which is not reality. They're praying to the spirits of the wind and the mountain and the water. They are spinning wheels and and counting beads and, and making chants and millions upon millions, billions of people who believe in some God that's not God. What world are they living in? They're living in darkness because they're deceived. They don't even know what's going on. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they come from. They don't know where they're going. They don't know why they're here. That's why you hear so many people talk. They try to look wise and go, pondering these deep questions. Why are we here? Acting like it's an impossible question to be answered. There's a book. There's a book. (laughs) Widely known. (laughs) Easily found. (laughs) It tells you exactly where we came from, who we are, what we're here for, where we're going. And it is the truth. And it is reality. It's real. This is real. Oh, and when you get a hold of the truth, it sets you free from all that other junk. I had some folks that traveled from on the other side of the world to our most recent Celebration Sunday. And I got to meet them and talk to them. They're from another country, another culture completely. They were so ecstatic. They said, oh, Brother Keith, I used to have hundreds of gods in my house that I tried to pray to and keep track of and appease. 
And they said, it is so good to be free. It is good. I, I started shouting with them. They said, it is so good to know the truth. All that junk's not true. Those rocks never answered a prayer and never will. It's just not true. Oh, but this is true. I said, this is true. God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is real. Hallelujah. The God of Genesis who created the heavens and the earth, who is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now by my faith in Jesus, my father too. My father too. And heaven is real. And eternity is real. Hallelujah. Whoo. And the saving, cleansing blood on the mercy seat is really there. How many believe it's really there? You're going to see it one day. It's really there. Go with me to 1 John 4. 1 John 4. How do we wage this war? Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Should we be alert? Should we be on the watch? What should we be on the watch for? You you hear people say, oh, the devil. Watch out for the devil. Watch out. Watch out. For what? People say that and they have no concept of what they're talking about. How's he going to come? They're looking for something in a red suit with a pitchfork. No, that's not how he comes. The Bible said he transforms himself into an angel of light. He'll even quote scriptures to you. He did to Jesus. Someone says, well, how how can I not be tricked? Well, I'm glad you woke up to the fact that it's an issue. (laughs) But you don't have to be scared about it. If you love the truth... More than you love anybody or anything, including yourself. Look at this, First Peter 4, I mean First John. First John 4 and 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but do what? Try the spirits. Whether they are of God. We've been praying and believing this for a few years now. Lord, show us what's you and what's not you. And he's answering our prayer. What's happening this morning is part of it. He's answering our prayer. Oh, glory to God. He's answering our prayer. I am so thankful. But I know there's much more, much more, much more we need to see and learn. What's God and what's not God. Try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are going out into the world. Keep reading. Hereby know you the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist wherever you've heard that it should come even now already is in the world. Keep going. You are of God, little children. Now, if we had time, I'd take you through numerous scriptures that tell us we are children of light. We're not children of the darkness. We don't live in darkness. 
We live in the light. We live in the truth. We're not living in a stupor, in a fog of deception, in an altered perception of reality. When you live in the truth, you live in what's real. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is blinding the world. That's in the world. Keep going. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. Keep going. We're of God. He says it again. He that knows God hears us. He that's not of God hears not us. And hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The word deception, if you look in the New Testament, this, it means error. To deceive means to cause to err. To cause to go astray. We'd say it to cause to get off. Off of what? Away from the truth. Away from what's right. Well, if you're away from the truth, what are you on now? Lies. If, you, if you're not believing the truth, there's nothing else to believe but lies right. and deception. And so the thing we're supposed to be on the watch for all the time is the enemy is trying to get us off. And he's very tricky. He's very subtle. He doesn't come to the front door. He brings a thought. He brings a feeling. You know, it's not confusing. People got all this, you know, uh, they put on their fatigues and their boots and they go up to the highest hill and they scream at devils and call that spiritual warfare and don't realize that's not the big danger. That's not, the da- that's not what you ought to be concerned about. What should you be concerned about? It's the thought and the feeling that comes to you. This is not true. This is not right. Something contrary to what God said. And he's hoping you don't notice that it's contrary to what God said. He's hoping you're ignorant of the word so that you don't even know what God said. So that you don't even know that it is a lie. Which is why you better read your chapter every day. Come on. And you better come to church. And you better come pay attention. Come on. Right? Elsewise, you're not going to be armed. And you're not going to be ready. How'd the devil come? Just like he came with Eve and Adam. Just like he came with Jesus. What did he do? He came and said, has God said? You won't. You won't really die. Die, die. They didn't know what die was. God knows when you eat it. Can you hear? Recognize that. That's not, ah, big bad devil, I'm going to get you. (laughs) This is your buddy. This is your, hmm. And you have to watch because the enemy will not just come at you directly. He'll try to come through people close to you. A lot of times they don't even realize what's going on themselves. Do you remember Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him. When Jesus told him, I'm going to be mocked, I'm going to be scourged, I'm going to be crucified. And Peter said, no, no, Lord, no. This shall not be to you. What did Jesus do? Help me out. He wheeled around. He said, get behind me, Satan. He's talking to Peter. (laughs) 
Peter might have thought, Satan? I'm not Satan. It was Satan that was just talking through Peter. And the devil's counting on you liking and loving that person in that flesh so much that even though you wouldn't receive it from him, you'll receive it through them. Is he tricky or what? He is so deceptive and tricky. But by the grace of God, we should be able to detect from the Spirit of God when it's the enemy, whether it's coming directly to my mind, whether it's coming through a loved one, whether it's coming across a TV or across a pulpit. And realize that's a lie. That is not true. The Word says this. That can't be true. And when you see it, what do you do? Come on, help me out. Do exactly what Jesus did. You wheel around. You say, get out of here. That's, you're a liar. That's not true. Get out of here. And friend, if you do that, you'll stay safe. You'll stay in the light. You'll stay free from the deception and the bondage. I want you to practice it. Come on, practice it with me. Say it out loud. Get out of here. I resist you in Jesus' name. Now, when are you supposed to say that? Any kind of thought and feeling and lie and deception that's contrary to the truth. Contrary to what God said in his word and by his spirit. Resist the devil and... He will flee from you. Mm, Hallelujah. The spirit of truth. The spirit of error. The spirit of error is trying to get us off all the time. That's why we need to stay close to the Lord. Is that right? Close to his word. Close to his spirit. And when he shows us something, don't take it lightly and don't treat it as optional. Receive it and hold fast to it. And anything that contradicts it, what should Adam and Eve have done out there by that tree? When the devil told them that, what should they have done? Yeah, you know, God said it, but you won't really die. What should they have said? Are you you trying to tell me that my father God lied to me? You trying to tell me what he said is not right? Get out of here. Did Adam have the authority to keep the garden? Could he have put his foot down and said, you get out of here. You shut up, you lying devil. Get out of here right now. I'm not, we're not listening to this. We're not accepting this. We're not talking. And they would have been safe. The battle would have been won. They lost the battle because they listened to the wrong thing. You keep listening to the wrong thing. And thinking the wrong thing, you'll start believing the wrong thing. And you do that long enough, you'll start doing it. And when you do, you have lost the battle. And here comes the destroyer to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't you like the phrase right here? You have overcome him. Put it up, verse (laughs) 4. 1 John 4, 4. Anybody know 1 John 4, 4? It ought to be marked in your Bible. Highlighted, underlined, stars, exclamation marks, and smiley faces. Why? Sit out loud. I am of God. I'm a child of the light. I'm His child. And I've overcome them. What have you overcome? All them lying devils. 
I've overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is the spirit of truth in me than the spirit of error that's against me. Greater. Hallelujah. Is he. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.